All right, Rad Dadders, we're back with episode seven of season two. Uh, tonight we have another guest. We have Steven from the Good Dad Movement. How you doing, Steven? What's going on, Rob, Sal? Thanks for having me. Definitely. Welcome to the podcast. So we've been on a social, our social media department's been on a tear recently. And we've been hitting up a lot of people that do similar stuff to, to what we do. Steven, I don't know how much you know about us. We started about nine months ago now, and my whole mantra, my whole reasoning for starting this and, and, you know, Sal kind of pushed me along and said, all right, let's restart this thing is I felt there wasn't a place for dads to go and like get information or like a podcast or something like, I just felt there was a lack. And as we open this up and we explore, there's a lot of people out there who think the same thing. Yeah. And that's why you know we kind of started that's why i reached out to you and you know to find out what you were doing and you know how you were going about it and what you were doing so do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself yeah so i'm 30 years old i was born and raised in long island not too far you guys are from new jersey right yeah, yeah. <laughs> right or wrong yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. correct so we're, we're kind of the same in that way um so 30 years old born and raised in long island i'm the oldest of five siblings Wow. I'm um, pretty big family. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of responsibility, like early on, always was the one that had to stay home and watch the, the kids when my mom had to do something. Taught me a lot and prepared me in a way for father. Nothing really prepares you for fatherhood until it happens, but it did help me as far as with uh, learning a little responsibility. Um, when I was 23, I uh, had a surprise visit from the stork. That kind of changed my life forever. I always say like my, from like 23 to recently was like the hardest time of my life. Like, I feel like I, every day was something, it was a struggle. Me, me and my daughter's mother, you know, we split. So that kind of made it a little bit, you know, that much harder. A lot of the not seeing my daughter as much and now having to kind of make up for financially, you know, child support, things like that. It's, right. it's, it's, it's just a huge burden right away on me. I didn't know how to handle it right away. So crawl through that. You work through that as time goes on, I made it out of that and I'm better than ever. You know, it was like the hardest and best time of my life. You know, my daughter is the best. I have such a good relationship with her. My girlfriend is the best. My family is the best. Like I appreciate all of these things, I'm like, I know what it's like to be grateful now. And, and like, I, I see things so much different because I know what it's like to be miserable or feel really bad or, you know, feel like you're not getting ahead. And like, when you crawl yourself out of those things, you become better than, than you were. So that's where I'm, that's where I'm at right now. That kind of led me to good dad movement, led me to you guys. Like all these things are happening now. I, I believe because of that struggle at 23, you know, I kind of, took my twenties to uh, learn the ropes a little bit. Don't, don't we all? Yeah, exactly. That, that's I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I listen, I give you a lot of credit. I couldn't raise a kid when my twenties, I definitely wasn't in that, that mindset. I mean, not everyone, like I was an idiot in my twenties. <laughs> I mean, like, oh, I, wait, you, you were, I was too. Yeah, still am. What are you talking about? Like, Your wife still says you're. Yeah, name. I know exactly. See, this guy's got jokes. <laughs> good jokes are good. You so, know, it helps. It helps because I come from good parents. I have my parents are divorced, but 
my stepfather and and my mom, my stepfather's great. My my mom and my dad are still really close. Like I got really lucky because I know that is not the case for most situations like that. Like my family was still a family, even though they were split up. So I, I always had that kind of like going into being a father. Like I know what it's like. I knew I had a good dad when I when I found out I was gonna be a father. So that helped a lot as well, kind of the way I looked at it. When did your, and I, we definitely didn't prep this, but I come from a divorced family too. My parents got divorced when I was actually 30, when I was your age. Right. And it was pretty much a year after I had gotten married. So my whole perception of marriage was based on this marriage that I thought was perfect. And unbeknownst to me, they got divorced a year after I got married. I was like, oh shit. Like, (laughs) asshole. I, I mean, but like, you think about it, you're like, oh, like, I have this perception of marriage. I know what it's about. I, you know, I've seen my parents grow. And then at the same point, you're like, wait, like they're getting divorced. They're like the best couple. Yeah. What just, I'm an asshole. Like my poor wife, like she screwed. Like, (laughs) like, so like, you know, how old were you when your parents got divorced? And like, did, did that really help you kind of prepare for, for being a dad? Well, I was 12, 12, 11 or 12. I was like young, but old enough to where like, I'll never forget the day because it was at night. I remember I was in bed, like I had school the next morning and my father came in or my mother and was like, come inside me and dad need to talk to you. And at first I was like, this can't be good. Like I'm thinking in my head, like, what did I do? Like, did they find teacher call? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I go, she brings me in the living room and my dad or my, I forget who brought me in there, but one brought me in. The other one was sitting on the couch and they, I saw it in in their eyes, like they were sad, you know, like they weren't, they didn't look angry or like they, I was in trouble. It was like, I'm now I'm thinking like something happened. So they sit me down and they're basically, you know, you know, sometimes people fall out of love. Like you, my parents never fought in front of us. Like it was a shock to me. Like I had no idea that they had problems like that. And it's not even that they had problems. They just, they got together when my mom was 16, when she, when she met my father. So I didn't realize that I didn't know that then, but now as I'm older, like, you know, they just, you, they grew apart as time. My right. dad's seven years older than my mom. So the gap, my mom never really got to really live her, her childhood. She went right in. She had me when she was 19, like oh, wow. whole life. And she was the oldest of four. And it was different back then. Like she took care of everything as a kid. She cooked dinner and did laundry and pretty much raised her, her youngest. So her whole life has been, tied to some sort of responsibility, like doing things for everybody but herself. So I get it now, but they basically, you know, people fall out of love. Me and your, me and your father, you know, we're going to, we're going to get a divorce. And I remember just not saying much, like it hit me, but like, I didn't want to like cry in front of them because like, I felt like I just went, I remember going in my room, crying my eyes out because it was such a shock. Like I was, just, I didn't know what it meant. I had friends that had divorced parents and their parents didn't like each other. Like, I'm just thinking like, Oh my God, like, this is crazy. And they, we didn't tell my, my younger siblings yet. <clears throat> it was just, they told me first to kind of, I guess, so I can go with them to tell my, my youngest sister at the time. And my youngest brother, he grew up, he probably don't even remember my parents being together. My sister don't even remember my mom and my dad being together. So they were pretty young at the time. Um, as far as, did it help me being a father? I think it helped me co-parenting with my daughter's mother, 
more than like like I said, being a father for it just that kind of came natural to me. Like as hard as it was and as scary as it was, like I really understood the responsibility I had and I was my priority, like always was. Like I dropped everything. I probably could have did that better. I did cut off a lot of people that I was friends with. Like I didn't know how to handle it other than just completely separate and put on. I didn't know how to do both. It was so no. Yeah, that, that becomes a challenge. It becomes a juggle. Yeah. But, yeah, just- but like you said before, I think you being 12 years old and, and understanding what was going on, I think the next steps from 12 to 23, you having to, uh, in, in, in a way, take care of your, your younger siblings, I think in a way that prepared you, right. you know, that you were, you became, you were more mature, let's say 13, than the 13 year olds in your school. I was, um, I always was the more mature one out of my friends. And it really, not even that I was more mature, I always just rationalized better than them. Like I always was able to take a step back before I did something. I made a lot of mistakes. One thing about my mother, and this is how I raised my daughter now, is she kind of let me fall. She didn't, she didn't hold me back. She didn't, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that. She didn't shelter me. She was like, okay, go. And that was great. You know, I had a lot of more freedom and I was able to do a lot more, but I messed up a lot. I failed a lot. I, 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 you know, made a lot of mistakes. My life was a lot harder probably because of that. But like I said, all that, all that stuff that I went through just kind of built me to where like I am today, where now, like, there's not much somebody can say to me that's going to hurt my feelings. There's really nothing that like I'm intimidated by. Like, I know I could get through tough times. I know what no means. I know what failure means. Like, I understand consequence. You know, I was young. I might've grew up a little fast, but I think it was good because I had my daughter so young. So it was kind of like, it was meant to be that way. Like they kind of, at early on, I grew up quick enough to be ready to be a dad at 23. At least that's how, that's how I try to no, look no, at it. It's a, it makes sense. And it's, it, I, I, you're right. I think it, it, you, it, the experience you gained from the time, you know, you were 12 years old to, to when you were 23, I think that that built you to where you are now, right. uh, mentally, physically, emotionally, you know, yeah, going, emotionally through, big one. Yeah. Yeah, going through, going through all the tough times, the rough times and, you know, getting knocked down and picking yourself back up. That was key right there. When you, when you got knocked down, you, you got right back up, you know, right. You, you kept going and you have, you have one, one daughter, one child. I have one daughter, seven years old. You got a beautiful, healthy daughter. And you said you had yeah. a tremendous relationship between you and her. And that's, that's, that's the world, man. There's no, that's priceless. Yeah, so it she, is. It is. First grade or second grade. She's in second grade. You know, this whole COVID thing really like last year, she missed a lot of school and I noticed it this year. Like, I have my daughter a lot for somebody in my, I have my daughter weekly. I have her three days a week minimum. And I try to, you know, see her in the middle of the week, pick her up from school, do homework with her. And then, you know, I take her home so she can get ready and go to bed for school. So I only really get the one day though to do homework with her during the week. And I just noticed this year that day I do homework with her. I could just tell that like she was behind, you know, like, things that she should have had the full year last year yeah. in class learning. She was like kind of learning it again now, you know, and I feel bad for all the, all these kids, man. Oh, like, yeah. that, My kids are going through it as well. Both the reasons too. They're just, they're just staying home, you know, and it's, it's really, it's not good. You know, I'm glad now that she's back in school um, pretty much full time. So I'm, I'm glad for that, but 
that uh, first grade year was pretty rough because she only got she only went like four months or something like that. So they're back in school full time. That's good though. So not half days, full days. Full days, yeah. She's in full day. <laughs> we're we're still half days. My seven. It's crazy. It's state by state. Yeah. It's state yeah. by state. It's crazy. Yeah. We're lucky. Like I said, I'm super lucky. Now I'm in Long Island in the city. I don't know if it's, I don't know how it is in Manhattan, like in, in the boroughs, they're different. I know like they have different rules than we do. I'm not hundred percent sure what they're like, but in Long Island, I know my daughter goes to school every day right now. It started off only, only twice a week. And that was only for like a month. And then they, she was able to go well, back. Figure I would, out a way how to safely bring the kids back to school. And yeah, I mean, they got away younger my seven-year-old's back a hundred percent of the time how many kids are in the class 10 that's why yeah. Yeah. so if there's 10 or less they can do it yeah. right so. which that could be the re- one of the reasons why too i know a lot of people opted to keep their kids home this year so that yeah. kind of freed up and made it uh, made it to where they can do that and they could go back so yeah but once if people decided to start bringing their kids back into school i don't know if they can do that then they might have to change it again so it's it's a little frustrating with with the whole school thing because this is so important. Those first that elementary school year oh, is like yeah. the foundation, you know. So I'm trying to hope that uh, not only educationally but socially, you know, so- that's the foundation that's going to bring you through elementary, uh, uh, middle school, and then high school. You know, I think their social dynamic is going to be much different than what we grew up on. Because these kids are growing up with with a cell phone in their yeah, hands. Yeah, electronics. They like electronics are so like you know present in their everyday lives it's it's amazing so my my older son who's nine going on 10 in march he has problems sleeping so this whole uh ferber method god i wish we did it with him but we just like he wouldn't like he would cry and not stop and we just didn't do it right and now he has problems sleeping and we let him have the ipad at night for like an hour until like 9 30 and now, when he gets up in the morning, he wants the iPad. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm going to throw it out. <laughs> like, but it's crazy because my younger guy, he didn't, we didn't sleep train him either. But at eight o'clock, he's out. Like, it's so, it's so weird. The same experience, it's two different results, completely right. different results. Yeah. Every kid, every kid is different in their own way. I got lucky with my daughter. She sleeps really well. No TV at night. <clears throat> she never had a TV in a room. So that's the whole thing. Like, she does have, I have like an old iPhone that she has. There's no data on. It's kind of like an iPod pretty much, but she, they, she's addicted to it. Like she acts out of character if I have to take it sometimes. And that's when I, that's when I take it. And now I've noticed that too. I think that's true is that the kids act out of character if they're on the devices too long. Yeah. It's like taking drugs away from somebody who's a drug addict. They freak out. They start yes. getting like, they act different. You know, I want, she did that this one time. She just like yelled at me and she don't yell at me. She's like a little sweetheart to me most of the time, but she raised her voice and like, kind of got like, I was like, I was like, I'm going to take that from, she's like, no, you're not. And I was just, (laughs) (laughs) I read her to her room, took the, and and it's like, you don't get it now. And that's how like my mom was with me. Like, I'll let you, I'll give you the rope, but you're going to hang yourself. And then you're going to have to sit there and feel bad about your decision. And like, that's the consequence, you know? And then it hasn't happened since then. If I say, give me the phone, she knows it's not worth losing it for two weeks. So whatever it is, take the phone. I'll get it back when I'm done doing what I got to do. I use it as a way to, she has to earn it. It's like yeah. currency, you know, like yeah. do this and then you get it. That too. Yeah. It's crazy. Same. So I, you're I, really strict. I have three girls. Oh, God bless nine, you. Nine, 10 and 11. Oh, so you're almost at the, 
Yeah. That's for the girl. <laughs> so my 11 year old, ever since she was an infant, she she was up at night. All night. She, she not all night, but close to like 10, 30, 11 o'clock for an infant was late. You yeah. Know? So we did, we tried the whole crying out method, you know, let her cry out. That worked for a little bit, but uh, we just put her in her crib, 10, 30, 11 o'clock, we'd watch the camera, she'd go to sleep. And then when she'd figure out how to jump out of the crib, I'll never forget the one night she scared the shit out of me. I'm just laying there and I, I'm sleeping and I feel like something or someone is staring at me, my <laughs> daughter, crawled out of her crib and she was standing right next to my side, the side of my bed scared the living daylights out of me oh, like what's up dad yeah Get up. So my middle daughter when she was younger eight o'clock came daddy i'm tired and i bring her up to her room right to sleep and my youngest she she's hit or miss she's hit or miss she doesn't the one so if my oldest if my oldest convinces her to stay up with her she'll stay up yeah oh, she's, the, nice. she's the ringleader I respect that. So what what caused you to start Good Dad Movement? Um, and it's so many different reasons. One, I believe I started this in August of 2019. Wow. I always wanted to build a brand. I always was the type of, I like to create things. Um, I love being a father. So I just felt like that's something that I could talk about every day. Like, I don't need to get paid for it. Like it was, I was just like, what is something I could do every day so I can stay consistent because you can't build anything without being consistent, but you got to love something and be passionate about it to want to not make money on doing something every day for, you know, for no reason. So it started with, that was my main premise. Like I want to build a brand. I want to make memes. You know, I like making people laugh and stuff like that. And then I started growing you know, I don't have that many followers, but quickly in that first year, I was growing, you know, really fast. And it was a very natural thing. Um, a lot of engagement. Um, a lot of people reach out to me and like, thank you. You know, like dads don't get this. And like, that was another reason. It's like, I want to highlight good dads, you know, because we don't and I don't want to be the guy. It's like we don't get credit because some, you know, dads get credit, moms get credit. But over the overall picture is dads kind of get overlooked sometimes with being involved with their kids' lives. Like we're not, we don't just, at least now I know it's more than ever where we're involved. We're changing diapers, we're picking up, we're dropping off, we're doing homework. Like we're very involved as far as parenting our kids. And yeah, it's not like when we grew up, the dad, right. dad went, my dad went to work, my mom took care of the house and the, you know, the kids and cooking and cleaning. Right. Uh, exactly. My father has never changed a diaper. Really? Never changed the diaper. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if my dad's ever changed the diaper. You know, my mom always was able to be home when we were born, at least for an X amount of time. And she always, it was always mom. You know, not that my dad wasn't a good dad. He just, it was like you said, it was just different. Yeah. So I wanted to just highlight that, you know, put put a little spotlight on good fathers, um, make people laugh about the hard times of parenting, because it is hard. It's kind of an outlet. I'm trying to basically just build a platform for a lot of things. I want to do a podcast as well. Like I said, I've had experience producing one. I, I produced and created most of this podcast and it showed me that this is something I want to do, but it's just, an, you know, one of those things where I kind of procrastinate certain things because I try to do too much at once. I started the clothing brand. Like I want to venture off and basically build a platform so that when my daughter is old enough, 
she has something that she can kind of go into, you know, whatever it may be, the, the clothing division of it, or if I can have a podcast division of it, I want to just kind of give her an opportunity because the world is changing. It's not like, not saying you can't go and just get a job and, and live a good life, but you got to kind of do more than that now. And you yep. got to, you got to kind of use the tools. Instagram is a great tool. And I tell everybody I meet to just find a reason to make an Instagram page and do something on it because you have access to everybody. Yeah. You know? And I never did until recently. I, you know, I never really took it serious until, like I said, when I created a good dad movement and I saw just by being consistent, I posted like three times a day, every day for like the first year, which was something new to me. And I just stuck with it. And now it's like, I have a, I built good relationships on there. Like I met people like you on there that I would have never met prior to this. I met a lot of great dads, a lot of great moms, you know, people have told me their stories, you know, thanks. This, this post reminded me of this. And it, I just want to thank you. And that's really what it's all about. Like, I never thought that when I created it, but now it's like, that's what it's all about. You know, it's just, yeah. kind of it's funny. Cause I think we're trying to do something very similar, but through a different Avenue, right. We're trying to do, we're doing the reverse. We're doing the podcast first. And then, so we've been like teasing on merch and getting like getting samples out from the different platforms that are out there. That right. I'm sure that you kind of looked into also. And right. that's another avenue that, that we're pursuing. The one thing I, I'm curious of your, your insight or, or what you've experienced is you're saying like, this is something your daughter can go into eventually. Is this something you want to take as a full-time adventure in the, in the future? I don't know. I, right now, listen, if it got to a point where I could set it up to where it could be something that is generating like income for me full time. I don't know if I would necessarily jump right into it right away myself. I probably would have somebody help me at that point. Cause I like what I do for a living. I'm, I'm in the property management business. My family owns a bunch of uh, buildings in uh, Brooklyn and I'm like a property manager slash project manager for them. And I love what I do. Like this isn't like an escape cause I hate what I do. It's like, I want to do this too and build it up on the side. And then maybe my daughter could run it one day. You know, I, I don't, I try not to think too far ahead because I'm the type where I'll cripple myself and then I just, I'll be, I'll be stuck frozen, like not making <laughs> moves at all. So I try to just take it day by day. I say yes a lot because then I commit myself to things, you know, like sometimes I say yes too soon. Yeah. <laughs> girlfriend tells me that all the time. Like you don't even think about what you're saying yes to. And it's because if I think I'm going to say, no, that's just, I'll think my way out of it. The brain's always trying to tell you, like, don't do that. It's dangerous. It's trying to protect you all the time. So I got to just beat it to the punch and then I deal with it. You know, at least I'm forced to do a lot of things that way. And it always usually works out in the end for the most yeah. part. How's your merch store doing? It, it was okay in the beginning. It was mostly just people I know really that were trying to support me. You know, I'm still learning how to market it. You okay. know, again, I jumped right into that because I knew if I don't jump right into it, I might never do it. And I'm glad I did that because I created a bunch of great stuff that I think is great. A lot of people like it and it's just a process. I'm in no rush to try to do anything. Like I want to do things the right way and I want things to happen naturally. Slow I, and steady I, wins the race. Exactly. And all I could do is just keep hustling and, and being consistent. That's the main thing. Once I stop doing something, that's when it's like, I can't blame it for not working, you know? Yeah. So I'll just keep, I'll just keep being consistent. And eventually you throw enough shit out of wall, man, it's going to stick. So that's, that's my mom. I, I just keep doing stuff. See, I, I told you we'd go off on tangents. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
That's how I am too. Though. <laughs> it's all good. So what, what have you learned from raising your daughter? What has she taught you? She definitely brought out like, uh, I mean, I always was, I always had a soft side, but it, it made me kind of like take a step back with a lot of things. I raise her like a boy sometimes and I can't help it. Like I have a very big, tough love situation. Like you have, to, you, you have yeah. to, you have to, I agree. You got to think in the skin, you know? Right. And you I'm going to prepare him for, for, for guys that <laughs> got boys for, like for, him. For my two boys. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. Like we're their first uh, example or relationship yeah, with a man. Yep. You know, so and I understand that responsibility. Like I understand that how I treat her and 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 the things that she sees me do is what she's gonna think is normal when she's at that age when she's interested. And she's already like telling me she has boyfriends and stuff. Like they go so fast, man. Oh yeah. They're oh, not yeah. real boyfriends. I, no, yeah. They're they're not. they're boys and they're friends. And that's how she describes it to me. It's so that's fun. how I describe it to my kids. Yeah. <laughs> right. You can be friends with boys, but you can't have boyfriends. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if you could turn back time, what would be one thing that you would change during your journey into becoming a father? If there was anything. I don't know if I would necessarily change anything. I think that a lot of the things I say I would change is only because I've seen it happen. And it's like, in hindsight, I would change it. Like if I knew what I knew now, I probably would, when me and my daughter's mother split up, that was really hard for a lot of reasons. I mean, it was a fresh thing. You know, it was, we didn't get along right away. You know, that was really, really hard. And I kind of like lost confidence in myself in that period. And I made a lot of decisions based off of like fear, like fear that my daughter is going to look at me different or fear that my daughter is going to think I'm not a good dad, like based off of my interactions with her mother at the time, which again, in hindsight, you look back, it was like, it was just a crazy situation. That's why it was like that. And none of that really affected my relationship with my daughter. When I, you know, when I look at it now, it's like, Maybe I could have understood that sooner, I guess, and took those times to be a little bit more like present with myself and kind of took care of myself earlier because I waited a while. I, I was always it was just job after job after job doing whatever I got. The hustle. The hustle. Yeah, just not even worrying about me, you know, and just trying to make sure I could do what I got to do and pay my child support. Be, have all my energy saved up for my daughter, be there every day that she's, you know, like be present with her and everything else kind of got thrown to the wayside. So that, that kind of set me back in a sense, because like just now in my life, I'm really like kind of, not that I'm, it was never in a good place, but I'm kind of looking like I'm going back up and I'm in a more successful position where I'm able to, I'm finally putting time into myself and, and something that I'm interested in. So maybe that I would change, but for the most part, like, I'm so thankful for all that. Like, I'm, I'm the best version of me right now because that's, of that. That's great. Yeah. Oh, just, yeah. Just the experience and what you went through. That's yeah, it was hard, but it, life is so hard no matter what. So it's like you got to learn to kind of take your lumps and, and learn from it. That's the whole thing. Like, it's one thing to make mistakes and not, you know, and learn from it. But to, I try not to do constant mistakes and constantly. Same mistakes. About, yeah, you know, and, and going backwards. I'm just trying to fall forward. I don't mind falling. Forward. When we were teaching my daughters to ride a bike, you know, my, my wife was a little on edge. Well, what happens if she's going to fall? Well, if she'll fall, 
she'll know why she fell. And when right. she gets it back on the bike, she won't do the same thing. Right. So, you know, it goes back. It, you, you fall and you learn from your mistakes. Yep. Yeah. And that's you, the whole thing. you move forward. Yeah. And that's probably just from the way, like I said, my mom raised me like that. So I kind of was never really scared to mess up. That was my, that's like probably a gift and a curse. Like I'm willing to, to take the chance, but I also am not always worried about not getting it right which is probably why sometimes, you know, I fail often, you know, but for every time you fail, you wind up, you're making a, you know, you're going upwards in the, in the way. So like I said, it all works out for me at, at the end. I'm very grateful for it. I probably wouldn't change much other than just taking care of myself a little earlier in that process. But you know what? Your daughter sees that. Yep. Your daughter sees think- that you continue to, to get back up and you continue to fight and you continue to figure it out. Yeah. I think that's, so. that's amazing. I think one of the one of the quotes that that I've heard and I'm paraphrasing is the only time you truly learn and this is from like multiple professionals, multiple athletes is the only time you learn truly is when you fail. And that's and I think that's true, right? It's cuz you kind of you fail, you, you figure out, "Hey, crap, I screwed this up. How do I fix this? How do I move forward?" That's when you learn. If you keep being successful, and, and listen, there's plenty of people who are successful, but the reality is, think about like um, uh, Elon Musk, how much he's failed, and how much success he's achieved. And but no, and nobody sees the failure. That's the thing is they just look at him and think that this happened overnight, and right. they don't see that the guy worked 120 hours a week. Like that's all he did. Blood, nothing. sweat, and tears. Yeah, he. he it's the only way you could really be successful like that unless you're born into success. You know, some people are lucky and they're born into, you know, with a silver spoon up their ass, but (laughs) most people aren't. And it takes, it takes a lot of hard work and the, and the, the benefit of failing another benefit of failing is it makes you appreciate when you do have good things. Like you, you, you can't really appreciate something until you lose it. You know, you think you appreciate it. But eventually people take things for granted, you know, when, when nothing changes, when you have everything all the time and you have options all the time, you take it for granted. It's when sure. you lose it all and now you have no choice but to make decisions that aren't easy ones. That's when characters built, you know, and people always have a choice and they could choose to just, you know, like what's the, what, what's the difference between, you know, a, a good dad that stays with his kid and is there and a dad that just leaves. It's that choice, you know, like it was the, do I go this hard route, let go of all my selfish ways and the things that I want to do and like put all in here? That's really hard to make that decision. It's a lot easier to just say, I'm going to, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. And it's those hard decisions that make or break a lot of situations. So I've made wrong decisions. I've made right decisions. I just always, I'm not scared to make the tough decision, you know, and you can't be, you got to just do what's right sometimes, even if it's, even if it's hard. I, I was always told the worst thing to do is not to make a decision at all. So right. whether it's the right decision or the wrong decision, you still made a decision. Yeah. And then, and then that's right. almost like at work, right? I, I got called into a meeting today and they're like, listen, Rob, we have this issue. We didn't plan for this. And I was like, <laughs> all right, how many days is it going to cost me? So I oversee an IT department or a part of an IT department. And we have this major project going on and my PM comes in and he's like, Hey, I need you in this meeting. You know, can you come support me? I'm like, sure. So I go in, there's like 10 people there. They're like, Hey, we didn't plan for this. And I was like, and everyone's like talking, they're talking over each other. I'm like, all right guys, how much? And they're like, this is why we need it. I was like, all right, all right. 
I was like, how much time are we going to need? And the, and the contractor's like two days. I was like, dude, are you like, you're wasting time talking about this. Okay. Two days. I got you. I'll pay you. And it was literally 10 people talking at each other because no one can make a decision. And it's yeah. crazy. And it, it's not just, you know, for fatherhood, but it's in life. Like there's make a decision. Yeah. Well, some people just aren't don't, well, one, don't feel empowered. Right. And, and two, they don't want to take the responsibility. Part of being a leader is making decisions and living with them. 100%. Was I right? Most likely, but am I right? Most of the time, definitely not. And you know, it's, I'm willing to take the risk and take the accountability for making the right and wrong decisions. Right. What's, what's that saying? There's a lot of dead squirrels on the road that couldn't make a decision. Right. Yeah. I've never heard that saying, but I mean, that makes sense. So going back, going back, you're talking about failure before. So it's funny because last night we were having a conversation with my kids at the dinner table and and I asked them, I said, what does the word no mean? They said, dad, what do you mean? It's, it's no. I said the two letters N and O yes, it does mean no, but it also means next opportunity. Right. Right. I like that. So I said, I'm going to use that. So I said, what does fail mean? They said, dad, fail. You, you, you're done. You know, you, met, you made a mistake. You, you, you failed. No good. I said, no, it's first attempt in learning. I right? Like, where'd Ooh. you find that? Uh, yeah, you, you didn't come up with that. I, I, I read, I, read <laughs> yeah. no, I, I did not. Trust me, I did not come up with that. But I read that somewhere. I like and it. they're like, you know, that makes sense. You know, yes, you failed. But that's your first attempt in learning. Right. Or no, it's ne- all right. Next opportunity. So yeah, I love that. Yeah, so do I. We need, that, that's we need to plant some merch around that. <laughs> as long as it's not copyrighted yeah. somewhere. Uh, I, I try to, uh, when I talk to my daughter about stuff like that, I try to encourage her. It's more, it's more about the effort for me. It's not necessarily about the result. You know, I get more upset with my daughter if she does something, it doesn't go her way, and then she doesn't want to do it again. I get so frustrated because like, to me, that's way more important than the failure. Because like I said, like you're going to fail in your life. You got to just know that, that, like you said, that's the first attempt. Yep. Like that's just your first try. Like you keep like, well, she's learning the guitar right now. And I got oh, her. Going awesome. lessons. Yeah. I got her going to lessons and it's hard. Like I've been playing instruments my whole life. Guitar. I'm still, I practice every day. Like you never just, you're not just going to become great at an instrument that takes years and years of sucking every <laughs> single day. Yes. She, she has a hard time with that. She wants to be a rock and roll player, like right now in a band, she wants to do everything. So, you know, we'll be practicing before her lessons and, you know, she'll be trying to play a chord and it'll be wrong. And I watch her just like, she starts playing like all crazy. Like she starts not caring. I don't want to play anymore. And that's every time like, I'm big on talks, I'm annoying probably to her. Cause I'm like, all right, let's have a talk. <laughs> I'd explain to her, like, you gotta keep doing these things. Like you can't just walk away from something because you're not good at it, you know, and vice versa. You know, if she does something right, I go, okay, high five. Great. You did something right. It's when she does something wrong, wrong, wrong. She keeps trying. She keeps trying. She does it right. I'll pick her up. I'll celebrate because that's like, you really overcame that's the, the coping skills that you're going to need when she's an adult. Cause that's what most of these kids have problems with now. It's like, they don't know what it's like to be told. No, they don't know what it's like to not get what they want. And instead of dealing with it, like my mom's like, deal with it. If you don't like it, leave. You know, that's how my mom was. Obviously I'm, she's not kicking me out about that was her. Right. Like the answer is no, or 
you do it again. Like, don't be a baby. Keep doing it. And it keep sucks. Trying. Exactly. Yep. Don't throw your but, hands up and say, that's it. I'm done. Just keep trying. Exactly. So that, that's probably the biggest thing I teach my daughter. Like, be grateful and don't, and don't quit. Just keep doing things. If you give your all, truly, you gave your all and it's not working out, maybe it's not for you. That's fine. But you probably didn't try your hardest when you got that 75 on your yeah. math test. You yeah. know, I didn't study all week. You probably studied the night before. You did good on the first go around and said, I'm good. I don't need to study. And you got 75. That's not the that's not math. That's you, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of communication and stuff like that. That's, that's key for me. So <clears throat> you, were, you said you were big on Instagram and that you really like the Instagram platform and you tell everybody about it. Are you on any other social media platforms? I just created a TikTok, which that's like a whole new world for me because it's just complete. The content's different. The trends are different. The type of humor is different. Like it's something I'm just not, I'm, it's new to me. So I'm kind of just making content for that here and there. Um, I have a Twitter. I'm really not on Twitter a lot. It's like, it's hard for me to verbally be funny sometimes. Like I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm a big overthinker. Like unless it comes naturally to me, I'll just sit there with the freaking blank screen. Like I'll write something, delete it, write something, <laughs> delete it. And then I, I wind up not posting anything. So it's really just mainly Instagram. TikTok's going to be, I'm going to definitely keep doing that. That will get, get, you know, up there with that. And I, and I have a Facebook, but that got messed up. Something happened. I like lost my account. So I had to start a new one. So I'm a little all over the place with Facebook right now. Mainly Instagram, mainly TikTok, and uh, that's pretty much it at the moment. Yeah, I think our our main platform is Instagram. Yeah, we don't really pay too much attention anywhere else because that's where we're seeing a lot of our at least the following that we're getting and we're pushing is really through Instagram. Yeah, same. That's most of my everything really is Instagram. Like TikTok's too new. Like I haven't really done too much on that yet to even like see much results from it it's like that beginning stage where you only get a couple likes on a couple things i'm just trying to make as much content for that as possible <clears throat> so I know, I know we touched on this before when, when uh we asked you about the good dad movement and you you said you were getting some pretty good feedback what have you gotten any negative feedback from what you're doing have you gotten people to poo poo on your you know on what you're trying to do no i've never had nobody like reach out to me like on like a, like a DM or something and say anything negative. I have had a couple people like just trolling me, like on a meme I make, that's like, I'll make a meme. Like, you know, a kid's a fucking pain in the ass today. And I, somebody will be like, you should probably love your kids or something. Like, <laughs> there's always that guy on there. And I just like, <laughs> like their comment, like whatever. Like, I'm not gonna, I don't get upset with, you know, people make comments, stuff like that, but it has been a hundred percent or 99.9% positive from, from everybody I That's spoke great. to. Yeah. Look, for some, have you, have for, you been trolled? Have we been trolled? No, but oh, for, some, for somebody to make a comment <laughs> like that, like really, like no one's kids have ever been a freaking pain in the ass. Yeah. You know? Everybody puts on the image. That's one thing about, about Instagram or just social media in general is it tends to um, breed a little inauthenticity sometimes, you know, people act like everything's perfect and they, they, everything looks like it's perfect. It's like, you know, damn well, it's not, yeah. I'm just not, I, I, I have humility. Like, I don't care. Like I tell you how it is. I'll tell you the bad things. I'll tell you the good things. And I'm honest. I'm very honest with it. I am PC in a sense where I'm not rude. I'm never going to post anything and try to offend it. I'm not trying to get attention like that. You know, like 
I don't push the limit too far to try to get publicity. But people like that, it really don't matter what you post. They're just there to troll you, you know? Yeah, no, it's crazy. Yeah, though. That's, they want you to just don't see the that. Yeah. It's like keyboard warriors or whatever. Yeah, like, keyboard heroes. Yeah. Keyboard, like, Every like, now and then oh, I, get, I get a couple of those. And it's just, to me, it's hilarious. But, you know, it's funny. Like, you build friends and relationships with other parents. You know, I'm in a couple groups with, like, a lot of parent pages. And they're the first ones that they'll team up on that guy, you know? And they'll just start going at him. And it's, like, it's so funny. I mean, like, everybody's got each other's back in a sense. Because they're all, we're all following each other's stuff. We all engage on each other's stuff and help each other grow as much as we can. So, you know, you always have somebody that has your back in that sense, but I, I don't care. I think it's part of the game. And like I said, I like their con. I let them know I saw it and that's <laughs> it. Back, but I saw it. Yeah, that's awesome. I think, uh, I think this is where we'll pause. We'll do our uh, bourbon tasting and then uh, we'll get right back on for the review. So, yeah. Steven's staying with us, right? Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Us, right? Yeah, let's do it. And now a word from our sponsors. Amster's Prospect Tavern is truly a place where everyone knows your name. And not only because it's run by the owner, Norm. They have a real family hometown vibe with excellent pub grub like their famous mozzarella bites and cheesesteak egg rolls. Both are homemade. They offer weekly upscale specials like a veal osaboco, slow cooked short ribs, filet mignon and lobster tail. And I've even seen a penne alla vodka with shrimp and scallops. Looks divine. They take pride in serving excellent food and making their customers feel at home. If you're in the Bergen County area or just passing through and you're craving takeout for pub grub, give Amsters a call. You won't be disappointed. All right. And we are back as promised. This is the uh, bourbon review uh, tonight with us. We have Steven from good dad moving. He's joining us on the uh, bourbon review. That's awesome. Um, so tonight we are tasting Nickter's. US one Kentucky straight bourbon. Uh, the alcohol classification is a straight bourbon. Distillery is Michter's. Proof is 45% alcohol by volume, which is 91.4 proof. Age, it's unknown. Filtration, it's cold chilled. Batch size is small batch, limited quantity. Uh, mash bill is unknown, but in order to be considered a a bourbon, it's got to be 51%, at least 51% corn. Uh, awards, there's like like the Sour Mash, there's really no awards, just a bunch of accolades. If you go to their website, um, you'll see, let's see, you'll see excerpts like uh, Delicious. That's not an award. Yeah. So it's not like the San Francisco awards. Right? Yeah, like the San Francisco Spirits Award. This is just like, you know, people saying how great it is. Bon Appetit magazine or like Tommy from Tulsa, Oklahoma said it was delicious. <laughs> like, what the fuck? yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to treat the accolades as awards. So if anybody wants to go on and check it out, you're more than welcome to um, color. I'm going to say the color is probably a, I don't know, medium Amber, medium to light Amber. What do you think, Rob? I was going to say light copper, light copper. Uh, possibly right um, like uh, whatever I, i'm saying it's a medium amber oh, okay i got a light copper I'm <laughs> you too. so price point uh depending on where you are anywhere is between 40 and 50 dollars which i mean it's a good bottle for for middle of the road okay. little history on mictors uh it was established in 1753 originally known as shanks and later bomb which changed names in the 1800s 
The whiskey company, which ultimately became known as Michter's, was founded by John Shank, who was a Swiss Mennonite farmer in uh, Schaeferstown, Pennsylvania. In 1919, they were forced to shut their doors due to prohibition. During the 1950s, Lou Foreman, one of the distillery then owners, created the modern Michter's brand name by combining portions of his son's names, Michael and Peter, hence Michter's. 1989, they filed for bankruptcy and were forced to shut their doors. In the 1990s, Joseph J. Magloco and his consultant and mentor Rick Richard Dick Newman teamed up and they resurrected Michter's. So I'm going to the uh, nose and aroma. I'm getting the oak, vanilla, and caramel. What about you, Rob? Give me the, give me the empty glass. There's there's a little spice in the empty glass so steven we do this thing yeah i'm like what you pour it into an empty glass like okay. a little bit and then whoever's house it is pours it into their glass <laughs> but it, but it's it's like a little spice yeah i definitely so, smell the I, I don't smell the oak i smell the vanilla i smell the maple i smell vanilla you smell the vanilla yeah so 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 the purpose of the dry glass is we'll, we'll pour it in, we'll let it sit for a little bit, we'll swirl, we'll swirl it around and then pour it into a glass. But I feel that with the dry glass, you'll get all the undertones, the smells, the different smells that you would get, you wouldn't get when you got a, a you know, two finger pour versus a dry glass. So I think, yeah, I think that's where you get some of the other aromas. Um, now moving on to the tasting, as always, we always taste our bourbons neat. Um, I get the oak, Vanilla and caramel, Rob. I don't get the oak. I definitely get the caramel, and uh, I taste the vanilla. But it's a smooth. It's it's really a smooth. Uh, yeah, it is definitely a smooth, smooth bourbon. I like it better than the uh, sour, sour mash. mash. Oh yeah, yeah. Sour mash had a little little bit more of a bite to it. This is really good. I've had one more than I planned on having. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you, you stuck around for the bourbon review. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to the finish, smooth finish, uh, easy sipper. As I say. Uh, I mean, a slight, slight, slight burn, nothing crazy. Um, overall, not complex, easy sipper, very enjoyable. Um, Rob, you want to do your... Uh, oh, I get to go first? You can do your, yes. Okay, I'll go first. What did I was looking in the notes to try to find out what I rated Sour Mash last week, and it's not in the notes, so that's great. Uh, I think I gave that a six out. So I'm definitely going to go, this, this taste is is definitely good that the price is good the aroma is good this is i probably got a 7-0 on this that's a 7-0 7-0 not bad okay all right so so uh steven what, what would you say out of a 10 out of a 10 yes oh man i don't have much to compare it to but i like it so a good any with a bourbon scotch anything that's smooth that i could drink that doesn't necessarily like make me feel like my throat's on fire. Like this is very smooth and sweet. So this is going to be a higher ranking for me. This is probably an eight for me compared to some, I don't have a right. big variety of like an experience with it. So I'm not comparing it to a lot, but for me, this is really good. Like I'm, I'll drink this. All right. Awesome. Yeah. You know what? I, I'm with you. I got an eight Oh two. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, Dude, that's <laughs> awesome. I mean, cheers. 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 Cheers, fellas. Yeah, so uh, I the sour mash was a seven five for me. So I, I like this a lot better than the sour mash. So I, I got to give it another half a barrel. What did, did 
Did you have what I had on the sour mash? I think I had a six on the sour mash. You had a six on the sour mash. All right, good. Yeah. I got <laughs> Just making sure I rank, ranked it higher because it's definitely higher. You have to buy a bottle of this. This is definitely going on the shelf. This, this is shelf worthy. Yes, it is definitely a good bottle, especially for the price. You can't beat it. Yeah, agreed. But Stephen, I hope you had a great time. We Dude, like- I had a blast, man. I hope I can come on again sometime. You guys, you guys are fun. Absolutely yeah. glad you glad you accepted our invitation. This was uh, great. Yeah, and I hope to see you again. Definitely, we'll have you on again. I just want to say before I go, can I just say my website? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. plug right. it, plug it. So www.supportgooddads.com. So supportgooddads.com. I'll put yeah. it in the liner notes. Echo Dad Movement on Twitter. Echo Dad Movement on TikTok. Follow me. All right. Awesome. I'll keep coming with content. So That's awesome. We'll put it in the liner notes to make sure it's out there when we publish the podcast. I appreciate that. All right. Thank you so much, Stephen. Thanks, Stephen. Nice meeting you. Thank you. See you. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening. Be sure to tune into our next episode. If you like what you heard, share with someone you like or maybe dislike. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, iTunes, Podbeam, Google Cast, Pandora, YouTube, your sister's ass, and Spotify. Be sure to smash that subscribe and follow button, too. If you have any questions or comments or want to give us some feedback, you can hit us up at the Rad Dad Show at gmail.com.